Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick, repeat Adams once again. Sitting in for Jordan Morris. I don't remember where Jordan went. To a wedding? I love that you guys are so close. At some point he told you exactly why he wasn't going to be here. And you nodded your head and immediately... Let that information leave your brain. Well, it's sort of like everything that we say on Jordan Jesse Go. Like we see each other for two hours and talk to each other for two hours every week on Jordan Jesse Go. Way more than most friends talk to each other in person. Exactly. (laughs) And anytime anyone comes up to talk to us about something that happened on Jordan Jesse Go, and I'm not just talking about something that happened five years ago on Jordan Jesse Go. I'm talking about something that happened five days ago on Jordan Jesse Mm -hmm. Go. I have no clue what they're talking yeah. about. I don't just I don't just not remember the specific turn of phrase or something. I do not remember the subjects. Like right. I could not name three subjects that went on in the last Jordan Jesse Go. How okay, this is like a brief neurological uh discussion, but how does the brain work? Is it like a sponge where because you remember someone's batting average from 87 to 92 that shit that Jordan is telling you just can't get in there. Like, there's just no... <laughs> something has to leave before that can get in there. Do you think that the problem might be, it's like that... Have you ever taken that test where you're watching a video of some guys dribbling and passing a basketball, and because you're <laughs> you're supposed to follow the path of the basketball, you miss that a guy runs behind them in a gorilla suit? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, I think, I think it might be like that. Like, I'm so keyed in on making the show continue to happen... Right. That by the end of it, uh, that by the end of it, no matter what the other thing, whatever the content was, mm-hmm. that's like the gorilla passing by. That I couldn't care about less. Rihanna is blowing Dick Cheney right here, and you're just like, I can't even. Whatever. Can't even. Whatever. My brain have it. Let's introduce our uh, let's introduce our guest on the program. You know him as one of the hosts of MaximumFun.org's Own the Goose Down, great stand-up comic. He has a hilarious new special on Netflix called Jazz Talk. Mr. Jasper Red, how are yeah, you? Yeah, thanks for finally having me back. Damn it. Great to <laughs> have you. Waiting, <laughs> man. Great to have you guys back on the You have Nick on all the time, man, <laughs> but you don't holler at your boy. Well, <laughs> we're here now, gentlemen. Nah, let's, not make this in, let's not nah, make this into messing, a peace man. sword fight. I've been, you know, I had some emotions bottled up. I was waiting to get on. <laughs> there's, no need, there's no need to cause friction here. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying. Um, ja- Jasper basically just gave someone like a, a funny older black man in a hilarious comedy movie introduction, <laughs> like just now. <laughs> just put him on a porch in like a rocking chair and go about casting the rest of the movie because he just gave you like a home run scene. Wait, like like a Judd Apatow, you know, like Amy Poehler comes out and it's like, Roscoe, why did you do that? And then mm-hmm. Jasper says exactly what he that's just said. That's right. See, see this, yeah, yeah, that's right. Them people get that shit greenlit. That's right. <laughs> Are you just- All we need is a few pieces in place, and we're in production like in six months. Jasper, is your career just waiting for you to get your hands on one of those white beards that Martin Lawrence wore <laughs> in that movie? Life. Uh, Life. Yeah. Yeah, at this point, I mean, as long as it ain't a dress. You know, <laughs> I put on a little white beard and some makeup. Make me over, Hollywood. Make me over. You want people to see the possibility, not just what you present directly, but the opportunities that could arise from right. the, given your talents. Exactly. People have told me I am an old soul. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being that dude on that porch in that rocket chair, that's been me. And it's- I think you're also a gifted actor, and you've been described as chameleonic. 
Right. Based on your performance in the movie Frankenstein That's right. in the Hood. <laughs> That's right. Also, his affinity for the Herbie Hancock song, Chameleon. Yeah. <laughs> so, but you know what? You know what you need? Like, you know, if, you, you, if you're in the comedy store on the strip, like, they have all the headshots of, like, comics from back in the day. And you see, like, holy shit, Michael Keaton did stand-up or whatever. And someone will have a, uh, that headshot that you've seen where it's, like, them in multiple Outfits and poses, like I can be a wacky clown. Yeah, I can the, be like a mime. The eight by ten is cut into four <laughs> right, panels. Right, and one there a firefighter, so it shows yeah. the different sides. I can of be an old man with a cane. Yeah, man, I'm I'm for that. That's what you got to give them. You got to like That's paint the whole my lane. <laughs> what do you think? What would you say, Jasper? Are the four the four <laughs> quartiles of like if you had a four part headshot? Number one, of course, we have old man, not unlike Martin mm-hmm. Lawrence in the movie Life. Mm-hmm. His, like, Grady-esque right. character. Then I would say, then that in that second panel, I'd be that uh, Jimmy Walker slash mm-hmm. J.J. from, the, you know, got that role. Would right. it say That's always underneath? Option. Do you, do Dynamite? You, yeah, do you That's, choose your catchphrase or do you let them sort of <laughs> give you one? I let it come natural. Right, right. You know, so right. I just let it come natural because you know I'm going to say something. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> but you, we don't know yeah, what you're going to say. Yeah, but, we don't know what it's going to be. Yeah, it has to feel spontaneous. You right. can't just write out like, <laughs> give it to him, daddy, and then like. Yeah, it's like nah. why Tracy Morgan never memorizes any of his lines. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it would spoil the moment. <laughs> And you know that third one is that dude that's like, uh, let's say, like that Sidney Poitier. You know, what okay, I'm saying? like a look who's coming to more, dinner type guy. Yeah, but more country. You know, what I'm saying, mm. oh, like, like a more that's a little bit Morgan Freeman-y. Right. Yes. That's like a saying. young Morgan Freeman, though. Magic, magic, like magic. A public television Morgan yeah, Freeman? Yeah, because think about it. Young Morgan Freeman didn't get to G off. Like, he was stuck on uh, the electric company. company. He wasn't like a leading man. He like, was singing and dancing. Yes. He was you about know, uh, math and science. Right. <laughs> a valuable service. Right. But, you know, he never got his Denzel thing, you know. Right. right. So I would, if I could make one recommendation, you'd, you want to do a lot of the Morgan Freeman stuff, but not the earring. So I think that's going to throw it off. Right, yeah. Morgan, you know, he tried to be old but hip. You know, he's, right. he's, he's trying to hold on to that uh, <laughs> electric comedy day. Yeah. You know what I'm that, the, uh, <laughs> uh, what's his name? He was in 60 Minutes. Uh, yeah, Ed sure. Bradley. Ed Bradley, yeah. Right. And Harrison Ford. Still, yep. Harrison Ford is holding on to the earring. Yeah, crazy. I'm embarrassed that I have, like, the last little remnants of the, the ear piercing. <laughs> the hole and hasn't I got closed in middle school. Yet. Yeah, in middle school I got my ear pierced. No interest. I'm, I'm embarrassed that the that it hasn't gone away all the way. Like I worry sometimes that I'm someone's going to photograph me and it's going to show up mm-hmm. and uh just on some you know, I was going to say Perez Hilton but like a lower level Perez Hilton, <laughs> for, that's for comedy podcaster, comedy podcasters, and public radio personalities, right. and there's going to be just like a red arrow mm-hmm. pointed at mm-hmm. where I used to have an earring. Yeah, <laughs> and also they're going to figure out a way to photograph the fact that as a child I had a rat tail, Ooh. like Karate Kid, <clears throat> until I was thirteen. Years old. Rat tail Until like 1993. Rat tail tail out of the deep south. No excuse for it. Yeah. Deep south. I don't know who said the rat tail was cool, (laughs) but they told everybody wrong. You know what makes a little kid look more adorable? A random piece of long hair. No, it doesn't. Yes. I don't know why the rat tail. I had a brief like in the late 80s, early 90s 
during the height of my like sort of tribe call quest brand newbie and poor righteous teacher poor righteous teachers maybe i'll get a nose piercing it was like a six months where i was like in the back of my mind and i came to my senses uh, there was like a brief briefly when in the in the mid to late 1990s um my the neighborhood i grew up in started gentrifying and one of the things that happened was <laughs> this guy moved in into the uh into the building next door to ours he and a friend bought this building it was two flats and his apartment had a big window in its kitchen that flats? faced yeah flats okay a- yeah. i'm going to let that slide i'm going to let that slide but a flat <laughs> is when the apartment is the whole floor really yeah i didn't know that there was an official designation yeah, 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 for that yeah sure okay and uh, so it, it was a duplex. We'll call it a duplex. Got it. How about that? That's better. It's more his, L.A. His unit in the duplex uh, had a kitchen that faced with a big window that faced our big kitchen window. And it was only separated by um, the like distance between our houses, which was very small. I mean, 10 feet maybe. Um, you know, just enough room to walk through. And uh, so we would see him walking around in his house and he never wore a shirt. Never, ever. And he was one of the probably – I got to figure he was a Web 1.0 guy. <laughs> you know what I mean? This guy was probably the COO of Webvan. He had he had one of those things that you see in like war games where you have the two holes for the phone to be placed in when you dial it up. He <laughs> Wait, had that. This isn't that long ago. <laughs> this isn't 1980. <laughs> you think you're going a little bit? He didn't too have far a mainframe. He didn't have a mainframe. No, this wasn't his. You know, there weren't a, like a, a huge wall full of blinking <laughs> right, lights. Right. He wasn't constantly putting punch cards into his computer. Um, <laughs> this was like 1990. This is like a cyberpunk dude, you know. But like Netscape Navigator. Netscape Navigator. Got it. Got exactly. It. This guy. This guy worked for Fogdog.com, <laughs> and he uh, would walk around shirtless, and he had nipple piercings. He went every year to Burning Man. It's this kind of dude. Mm-hmm. And on the one hand, I was, you know, when this first started happening, I was torn because on the one hand, I was sort of afraid of these people that were moving into my neighborhood. Like I was afraid and angry. We had gotten evicted from our house maybe like five years before over some people that had bought the house. And, you know, so we were like sort of nervous. They had kicked out some old people that used to live there when they bought that house. So I was this like is San Francisco, California you're talking about, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay, I just want to make sure you guys didn't grow up in Beirut or in, I didn't miss anything. No, I wasn't I wasn't this talking crazy. I wasn't this is this is like uh this is a real estate fear. This is a fear that they're going to that someone's going to buy our building. Well, you guys squatters? We're like what get happened? Booted. You get booted. That's that's how gentrification works, Nick. Right. Okay. So anyway, I was sort of scared and sort of resentful of these people. But on the other hand, this guy was was uh, exercised a lot. And he would always be hanging out in his kitchen with no shirt on and a glass of wine in his hand. And he had nipple piercings and a hot girlfriend. <laughs> and I always, I always wondered – at the time, I wondered like, hmm – you know, I wonder about the nipple piercings part of that. I wonder if I could make that work. Now, I want to make this clear. I'm 16. This is 1997. He's talking about a nipple piercing. <laughs> Let the record that's, show. That's, that's what that you Nick get from that whole scene every oh, night of this dude. A long stretch of mental calculation. With his shirt off. Hot, hot girlfriend. Hot girlfriend. Did she have nipple piercings? 
Well, that sadly, sadly for 16-year-old me, I never learned the answer to that question. See, like, yeah, I the nipples you should have been worried about, not dudes, hers. You... I, but those were not those were not available for viewing. Right. I had to settle for .jpeg files that I <laughs> downloaded from Gopher. This dude was inspiration to you. How was your real player? Did it? Did you update your real player? It, real player didn't even <laughs> Come exist. Come on, yet. real player. Seriously, yeah. I think I just deleted real player from my laptop. I had a twenty-eight. <laughs> I think I held on to it just in case. I was real. on that fourteen-four, ninety-six hundred baud. That was my bod at the time. Uh, yeah, this guy had a bod, though. Let me tell you, boys. <laughs> a bod and a half. Nipple piercings and wine drinkers, I wouldn't put those two together. That was the thing that jumped out to me about that story. This is San Francisco. That's all there is. It's fucking off the... I'm from the great city of San Francisco, where you're when you enter, you're issued a nipple piercing and a glass of white wine. Right. Here's a question, though. You're born and raised in San Francisco. I am. Very white guy. Yeah, sure. Sort of like, <laughs> for you, gentrification is like original sin. Like, you are just by your birthright a gentrifier. And to some people, right? When you... Well, I'm not a member. I, I am now a member of the gentry. At the time, I was not a member of the but gentry. But it's like, unfairly, you would have, you and your family would have been labeled like, you fuckers. You're like, no, no, we just live here. We live in a shitty place just like you live in a shitty place. You know, like... Yeah, no, I think I think that's very true. Especially when I was before... I, I went to public high school, but I went to private school in elementary school and middle school. And uh, yeah, I think the kids on my block... To whom they gave me a, like a cool nickname, which was faggot, <laughs> and um, <laughs> like, sorry, to the, well, you know, to, to those kids, yeah, sure. But I mean, I lived, I you know, I, the neighborhood that I that I lived in until I went away to college was the same neighborhood I was born into. You right. know what I mean? I yeah, it's just like weird to me that they would in a city that has been so gay for so long. That they would just give you that label. <laughs> well, there's 13-year-olds everywhere. Like, let's be clear. So so growing up in a city with a lot of gay people does not give you any better understanding of homosexual... Like, you know, I would think they would be like, okay, that guy's not a faggot, though. There's faggots all over the place, guys. Come on. Let's get it together. I think it depends, it depends on the guy. Uh, these guys... Right. These guys, uh, the you know the the students of Mission High School, which was the high school near my place, or Everett Middle School, which was the middle school by where I lived. These were not these were not urban sophisticates. Got it. These were these were troubled youths. I don't know. It feels it just still feels a little off to me. Like if I was, I'll tell you, a school of the arts where I went to high school. Yeah, sure. Everyone knew everything about being gay. Right. right. Everyone was gay. <laughs> you know what I mean? It was weird that I wasn't gay. I just feel like if you're going to attack the white guy in your neighborhood, that just seems like the obvious place to go, San Francisco bullies. Like, you know. Wait. You went to the school of arts for high school? Yeah. Okay. Does y'all have a football team? No, of course not. <laughs> What are you talking about? I'm just saying. If we had had a Jasper, you just had a football team. You can be artistic and athletic. Yeah. If there had been a football team at my high school, Uh, power forward for the Indiana Pacers by the name of Wayman Tisdale, also smooth jazz artist. See, see, I, see, I would have been the starting quarterback of the School of the Arts (laughs) football team. No, the rule at my high school was you could go to another school and play sports there. Mm-hmm. Um, we did briefly have one of the teacher's husbands started a golf team. 
<laughs> just because he thought it would be fun. And uh, that screwed up the thing where students could go to other schools and play on their sports teams, so they, they had to drop Because you already had, cause you had one of your own teams? Yeah, could... but we didn't even have a mascot until they started the golf team. <laughs> we had to vote on what the mascot was. Oh, ended up being what the... was the mascot? <laughs> it was the Dragons. It wasn't, okay. yeah, it wasn't anything okay. crazy. By the way, Hollywood, Jasper Red just gave you another movie on a platter. <laughs> yeah. A hilarious black guy has to go teach... Coach sports at inner oh, city at art school, school. Oh, and they want to have a football team. That's yeah. hilarious. Just, you know, if you want just jasperred.com, it's probably, you know, just hit him up. That'd He's got to like... teach a, a bunch of Jesse Thorns and Quest Loves and Margaret Cho <laughs> yes, how to. Yes. Like the art school. Co executive producer Jesse Thorne. <laughs> mm-hmm. This is how it happens. This is how Ro- this is how Seth Rogen and those guys get movies. Aisha they Ty- just walk in and they have it all right. figured out. Aisha Tyler went to my high school. I think we can get her. We can get her involved. Absolutely, she can play the principal. There it is, sassy principal. Mm-hmm. Who doesn't Who doesn't like that sassy black female principal? There you that's go. Right. I like it. I th- I feel like it's great. Mm-hmm. No, there's no doubt. I mean, you know, that's why I'm. Uh, that's why I have such a tortured identity, Nick. It's because you're clearly unsure of yourself. Yeah, well, I, I, it's because I, uh, you know, I was the poor kid at the rich kid's school and the white kid in my neighborhood. This is great, and uh, you know what I mean. Because you then audiences will feel sorry for you, but it won't be really sad like some gangbanger, you know, East LA shit. Nobody wants that. Nobody wants to watch, you know, Fruitvale Station. Nobody's going to watch Anybody that. Anybody can relate to a teenager that reads the New Yorker. Yeah, it's lovable. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get that mince plus kid. Does he still look like he's twelve? Yeah, probably so. Hook that up. We got to figure. Yeah, right. So we pretty much did everything but like wardrobe and music for this movie Hollywood. If you guys want to go ahead and get your shit, Joel Gray is probably listening right now. <laughs> I say let's let's get. How much money do we need for this? Probably twenty five million. We can do it twenty five thirty max. Yeah, yeah. And we don't even need fifty. I mean, a lot of people would have said fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think we could just shoot it in a high school here. Next level. We appetize that shit up even more, put mm-hmm. our kids in it. Boom. Speaking oh. roles. Yeah. Speaking roles for both of our kids. Well. They're in the union. The two of Benefits. Our, the two of our four kids that can speak. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Great. This is how this, is how this shit happens. <laughs> this is really, you know what? I'm really glad that uh, Jordan is off wherever he is. Yeah. He's, and he did, like, let's just confidentially between the three of us. I know it's Jordan Jesse Go, but he was in no way involved in no. this. Just, to, just so we're, we're clear, him out. Right. right? There's no, there's no question that we're cutting contractually. Him out. Yeah, Look, I mean, right. he's got a good job. He yeah. doesn't, he doesn't need the money. Big time That's TV writer. Right, Jordan. You go to wet, and this is what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Get cut out. Yeah. <laughs> we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> I'm Dave Holmes. I'm the new host of International Waters, the transatlantic comedy show where land laws do not apply. I am here with one of our writers, Sarah Morgan, from the UK. Hello, Sarah. Hi, Dave. How are you doing? I didn't understand a word you just said. Could you explain International Waters and how it works? Uh, It's a transatlantic panel game. Uh, We have teams based in the UK and in LA, and uh, basically people try to be funnier more than they try to know things. Uh, I caught about half of that. Comedians on this show have included Josie Long, John Finnamore, Greg Proops, Paul F. Tompkins, Claudio Doherty, and Dana Gould. What a lineup. Indeed. I hope you enjoy it in America, and I will say more British things if you'd like me to. <laughs> pip, pip. Oh, you already sound like an elderly wizard, and I love it. <laughs> Find International Waters on MaximumFun.org or subscribe in iTunes. Thank you for your attention. I will see you on International Waters. 
It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Sitting in for the wedding attending, Jordan Morris, Nick Repeat Adams. And I'm Jasper Ray. What it do? How's it going, Jasper? How are you, buddy? Man, I'm kicked back like a fat Mac. You know what I'm saying? Thanks for having me back on the damn show. I've man. been in, I've been enjoying your show. You had a you had a, a highly dynamic program on the subject of uh, Outcast versus a Tribe Called Quest. I did, I did, man. And the word. It's still uh, undecided, man. People don't know who is it's a hard king thing. of the hill. I'm going outcast. I saw this on Twitter, and I literally, my hands hovered over the keyboard. <laughs> I didn't even get involved. I was like, this will take up my entire day if I engage with this shit. Like, I have to do some research. No, I would have to go tribe. Like, I have his personal connection with their music as i do with anybody who's ever made music and I, i'm a huge outcast fan but when i hear tribe i fucking am instantly back in you know freshman what year of college i'm changing i'm changing my vote rolling stones <laughs> <laughs> I pick the rolling Stone. beatles yeah no. you really can't be wrong no no it's you really a, can't be wrong man it's a fucking incredible incredible choice nick yeah. how is your family how are your children's my children's are excellent uh i have a nearly three-year-old and a nearly one-year-old which is insane yeah it's too many children um two two seems like too many it does like in retrospect we should have stopped i love my son but i made the wrong call <laughs> like definitely the wrong thing to do. it was not the smart practical decision to right. have a second Break child on the apocalypse <laughs> <laughs> Because a a chill a child a children a children is very crazy, and two children, you there's no like there's no stopping. It doesn't stop. No, it's, it's always happening. Mm-mm. There with one child, you can. There's a certain amount of trading off you can do. Sure. The, the the solace is that it's still even. Like, we're not outnumbered. I know people that have, right. like, four kids, and that's your now that can just overtake you. It's like Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Sooner or later, they're going to be smarter than you. Yeah. Then, and they're stronger than you. They have, like, that weird mm-hmm. strength and from anger and rage. You can't have three of those running around the house. There's a certain amount. Sometimes I get the feeling my, my stepmother it, grew up Catholic, and she grew up... Uh, very poor in Belfast, Northern Ireland, with the troubles. Yeah, within the troubles, during the troubles, during the troubles, with with many brothers and sisters, and in uh, a single mom. And I think just what is this, Melissa Leo? Is your stepmom <laughs> Melissa Leo? <laughs> <laughs> and I, I feel, Amy Ryan. It's Amy Ryan. Your I feel Amy like um, uh, Sinead O'Connor is my stepmother. <laughs> Um, I feel like just what it is at a certain point is it's like putting – it's like one of those movies about New York in the in the late 70s mm-hmm. where a kid runs out and somebody unscrews the fire hydrant and somebody else puts a coffee can on it. Like just all you can do is put a coffee can on the mm-hmm. fire hydrant. Like Every scene. It gives you a little bit of something. Right. Like there's you, – sure, you can – you can direct it by 30 degrees either way. Mm-hmm. But besides that, what's happening is happening. Yeah. They're essentially raising themselves. By the time you get up to 
four. Yeah, yeah. You just got to kind of let them run wild. Have I think it. so. That's why you have a lot. Oh, yeah? In case, you know, something doesn't just, work out. And then it's just like a herd. Yeah. And you figure just you're, what you're relying on rather than your sense of control is uh, the law of averages. But the thing, I mean, that Jasper, we both grew up in the South. And, like, I have vivid memories of leaving my house pretty early in the morning and not going home until dark. And between that, that time, my mother had no... F- you know, like, specific idea of what I was doing or where I was. How old are we talking about? 10, 11, 12 years old, I guess, you know? Like, just riding my bike around, going, walking through the woods, jumping off shit, climbing over shit, you know? And my mom was just like... Did you grow up somewhere where there's, like, woods to run around Sure, in? sure. Mm-hmm. What about you, Jasper? Was there woods? Mm-hmm. There was no woods anywhere near my house. Yeah, so I hear that, man. I grew up in a concrete jungle. That's true. That's you know. a really good metaphor. That's a really <laughs> apt metaphor. <Jasper. laughs> you, you know, you was running into buildings and stuff. You can't really escape. <laughs> like like me and Nick could. Yeah. We, go, we run into those woods, have all types of games, adventures. In the country, you can see the fucking <laughs> trouble coming, too. In the city, the shit just pops around a corner. In the right. country, you're like, ah, oh, it's a weird pickup truck in the distance. Yep. I'm out of here. Yeah, it was a lot of get to into when you got the forest and the 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 the, 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 uh, the inner city wilderness. I feel like the one <laughs> I feel like the one skill that I learned from growing up was danger identification. Like if because if you don't have danger identification, like if you can't spot somebody who's on the roll up, then you're right. busted. That's it. Your life is fucked because I'm not gonna get in a fight with somebody and win. Yeah, you know what I mean. All that can happen. From me getting in an engagement, a, a hostile engagement is bad thing. Yeah, it's just a negative. It's a net loss for anybody, pretty much. My only possibility was sliding under the radar, generally speaking. So, all I, the only weapon I had was knowing when to knowing when to just go into a store. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, see, oh shit, that's coming over. <laughs> just in case, I'm going, going in the going in the corner store. Gonna buy some now and later's. Right. Did you ever try to pull the like that white boy is crazy? Like, cause there's that. Like, you well, see I that? Think that was my. That continues to be my persona. <laughs> <laughs> I've always felt that like if you're a super white comedian, you almost have a better chance in an all black room than a black comedian. If you're like not a name or you're not like you know well known or like a really great performer, because if you can go in as a white guy and then the black audience is like, oh, this white boy is crazy. He don't care. He's he ain't scared. Oh. But if you go in and you're like, hello, everyone, my name is Boo, get out of here, white boy. But if you're on the street and you're like, I ain't scared of y'all motherfuckers, like, oh, that white boy is crazy. I was scared of the motherfucker. Yeah, it's kind of hard to pull off if you are legitimately terrified. Not that many black people in my neighborhood, though. Some some black people, but um, mostly we're talking about Latinos. It's a different cultural... That 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 white boy's crazy is a little bit different with uh, with uh, white white and black versus white and Latino. Right. Well, how, how it so? still exists, but I don't think it's and that is there. It's just a. It's a. It, it, there's not a long history of that kind of uh, that kind of like living together mm-hmm. uh, in weird, interesting ways. You. you they're not. I mean? They're not. You can't Tom Willis from the Jeffersons your way out of trouble. Exactly. With Mexicans. Exactly. That would, but, you know, there's lots of other, you know, lots of other good things about it. But <laughs> let's get, I want to get back to playing in the woods. So 10 or 12 years old? Nah, man, always. To always? This, to this day. 
You don't stop at 12. Don't you don't stop you, playing in the woods. Motherfuckers don't stop building tree houses. Well, you think we just stop at 13 and we I go on? Why do you think man. everyone is flocking to Atlanta, Jesse? You know it's not the school system. You got to keep your stash Trees. somewhere. Find a tree house. Find a tree house. Yeah. I, I'm, man, this all the, you're opening up a whole new world to me. Clubhouses. Mm-hmm. You know, if you ain't got no trees. Get, I took the bus. Clubhouse. I took the bus a lot. <laughs> That's what I got. That was the my Muni. adventure. Just go somewhere on the bus. I would have. I, I have to say, like I always wanted to live in the city when I was growing. I would have murdered a homeless person with my bare hands <laughs> if I could have grown up in the city. <laughs> I feel like my son, my children are going to grow up with none of the benefits of living in the city or the country. <laughs> they but <laughs> I feel like the place where I live, it's they're just the shittiest place to be a child. <laughs> Because they won't get any, like, they can't, they won't be able to do anything by themselves because they live, like, it's just too far away because it's Los Angeles. But you let them ride the bus, right, when they're teenagers? Yeah, sure, they can ride the bus, but it's going to be a hell of a fucking bus ride. After this movie drops, we're going to all be in the Palisades, chilling. That's a good point. Then they'll just be able to swim in a a crystal clear (laughs) river. They'll just directly down a mountain. Damn right. We swim to school. Bye, Mom. Well, they're going to have a driver. <laughs> the yeah, driver? Right. They're going to have a, a chopper. They're going to have someone school. drive one of those gigantic party buses full of water as they swim Simon, to school. Simon and Coltrane, they're going to be, uh, sure, they sleep in the Palisades, but they go to school in prep school in New York City. Yeah, this is going to jet it. We're going to hyperloop them yeah. <laughs> to New York. <laughs> but I really do, like... I feel like the one thing that was really great about my neighborhood growing up is, you know, from the from the time I was seven years old or eight years old, I could leave the house and just go around and do stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like when I was when I was really into reading as a seven year old, like I could go down to the bookstore or the library by myself, right? Easily, like you know, ten minute walk. Um, my son won't have that; it's just too far, and I'm not going to be. The, I mean, maybe I guess I am going to be the guy that drives his kids around all the time, but that's like my worst nightmare: driving my children around all the time. So, yeah, I guess they better get with that bus system. There, but I mean, you know, you could also move to one of our city's more densely populated areas. Yeah, right. Should I? I would like to. I aspire to. Might I recommend Mid City West? Yeah, I'm not going to move to Mid City West. That's where Nick Adams lives. That's where I reside. And you will see me walking uh, vigorously with various and sundry too many multiracial middle, children. Too many middle class interracial families there. <laughs> it's the future. Embrace it. Uh, Jasper, if you have children, where would you like them to grow up? Uh, in the South. Really? Just because it's cheaper. But you, but, practical man. But what, <laughs> thinking with his fucking brain and not his hipster <laughs> gut. What, yeah. about your, what about your financial situation, though? Yeah, that's why I won't have kids because of my financial situation. <laughs> but if I had a better financial situation, I'll raise them in the South. An alternative, an, enti- an entirely different career. Yeah, man, you know, just just give them a different experience. And then, uh, then move them to the West Coast to live with me. 
Okay, so when you say that you want them to grow up in the South, <laughs> you mean you want them to grow up in right, the South with like their with grandparents. your parents? Right, that's yeah. what I mean. Not with me. Yeah. No, right. no, 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 no. I am going for more of a Sean right. Kemp school of fatherhood. A, I got a career I got to focus yeah, on. Yeah, I would like to stash saying? them in another location. Yeah, I just sent them to the... Uh... I'm not going to lie. I have had so many fantasies about... Honestly, my parents are both a little bit too crazy to like to really take care of my kids like they could take care of my they could babysit my kids um but i wouldn't i wouldn't i don't think i would send my kids to stay with either of my parents at least for more than a day or two Mm -hmm. but my wife's parents my wife's parents are not only 10 or 15 years younger than my parents but also like they really got their act together like my wife and her siblings are all like super functional they're all really nice I feel like it's a much more positive home than any home that I'm directly involved mm-hmm. in. So I fantasize all the time just packing up my children. Once the baby's not a baby anymore, I'm, I'm like counting up like, man, when he's three? Like when, when he's no, you got to do that. Yeah, you got to do that. Yeah, like, just pack them up, send them, send them up to the bay. Send them they off for the summer, man. at Mima and Pop Pop's house. Yeah. Yeah. For the summer. For, I'll send them for the whole summer. Yeah. Yeah. Like like I was an African-American family in Chicago with family back home in Macon. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's that. I mean, that's real. Parents did that. Summertime, yeah. you gone. Yeah. And even if it wasn't to your grandparents, it was like, who in my family will take this kid? And I, would, I had a, my cousins were uh, that two boys. They were like my age, like around my age. They were a year apart. And so I think my aunt and uncle were just like, we have two sons, a third. We won't even fucking notice that. Yeah, we'll take him for a summer. <laughs> go ahead. Go play. Like, that's, yeah, I don't man. know. People, do people still do that, though? Like, is that still a people thing? People have to still do that. I hope so. Because I aspire to do that. <laughs> yeah. That's, like, going to be my whole thing. Get out of yeah. here. Later, jerks. <laughs> I mean, I love my kids and everything. I'll go visit them. What about summer camp? Did you do summer camp? I did a couple summer. I did a couple years of summer camp. Summer camp did not agree with me. Um, I was not so much afraid or homesick um, because, <laughs> honestly, because of because of the uh, because of the fact that I come. I think because of the fact that I come from a broken home was pretty much responsible for taking care of myself starting when I was self aware. Um, Just a quick segue, Hollywood. If you're listening, it's like Eight Mile. Meets Fresh Air with Terry Gross. It's like the Terry story Gross. of he's on the other side of the tracks raising yeah. himself. Like, you guys, you can just finish the rest of that on your own. I don't even need to have to finish the pitch, Hollywood. That's I, I the was, third film we've handed to you on a platter. I was always very independent, so I was not bothered by the part of it that most kids who go away to summer camp are bothered by, which is, like, I can't be away from my parents. I can't. Like, I, I was, don't even understand that whole That stuff, thing. like, I was, oh, I was always away from my parents, mm-hmm. even when I was directly with my parents. Um, and so I think the thing that I didn't like was like, I hated fucking canoes. Canoes terrified Who me. hates a canoe, man? <laughs> Anybody with sense. That thing does not, how, what is it? Do? It should not be able to, you should be, anytime you step foot in a canoe, you, <laughs> you are essentially on the road to drowning. <laughs> canoe, oh, I'll just dive in the lake. I'll just go ahead and skip the middleman and I'll dive head first into you, the lake. Yeah, you're just you're basically <laughs> tying a rock to your ankle and jumping off a pier right. every time Man. you get in the canoe. Mm, yeah. And there's also <laughs> like a really intense uh social hierarchy that you have to get involved in and if you're not in from the start, mm. if you don't if you don't if you, it's like prison. If you don't kick somebody's ass the first day, <laughs> 
Word. It's like at a camp. It's it's really real. Oh, because the first people... motherfucker that steps to me is getting an Indian root burn. <laughs> the first one. Give me that motherfucking sloppy Joe. Give me your bug juice, bitch. Did you? Did you? Speaking of bug juice, have you ever seen this show? Bug juice. Yeah, it was a show that they did on like Disney years ago, and clearly someone walked into Disney's offices and was just like. The real world set at a summer camp, and then they just handed them a giant check because that's all it was. And my wife had one weekend where we watched Bug Juice, maybe for like twenty eight hours straight. Wow! In a row. Like they got it was you. so crazy because when I was growing up and I saw like Meatballs or any movie that was set. Did at you camp, go to camp? I went to like a Bible camp through my church for a week just because I was super desperate, and I was like, I'm never going to that. You're super ever desperate again. for the word of the Lord, just to get out of my small shitty town for like right. a week. But it was awful. But that like archery and horseback riding and canoeing and you know, rope zip lining and all that shit, like that's what they were doing at this summer camp. So I was like getting my retroactive childhood. I fantasy. would. Li- I think I, I'm definitely. I, I I hope to be able to send my children to summer camp. And I hope for it because I had this friend in high school named Brady Gill. And Brady Gill uh, was more obsessed with the Jewish summer camp that he went to than any – this is a 15 or 16-year-old. Would, n- would never, ever let the subject of Camp Tawanga drop from his – like <laughs> just all he believed in. Like he loved Camp Tawanga mm-hmm. the way that like – Himmler loved Hitler. You guys talking about Camp Tawanda? No, Brady. No, no one was talking about Jesus Christ, Brady. And I know that it could potentially have that. Like, if I got him in there mm-hmm. and I got him, I don't know, maybe my children, my wife likes nature. She, so my children are half nature like. But I don't even think you have to specifically <laughs> like so nature, funny. though. Really? I don't think so. Like just sloppy. I tell you, I'll tell you what I did. A week away like. from home is the selling point for me. I liked archery. I liked sloppy joes. I liked the state fair, which we went to. The one that I went to it was like close you went to his, one day. Okay. Yeah, one day you went of the ten days or whatever it was. You went to the state fair. I fucking thought the state fair was great. I still think the state fair is great. Um, I I fuck with the state fair big time. Jasper, you're how old are you? Jesse, when this when this is on the table, talking about nine, someone goes back in time to nine year old Jasper Red and says, "Hey, you can go to this camp. They have sloppy joes and bows and arrows, and you can go to the state fair." No, see all that I could do in the hood. <laughs> That's the thing. Cause I, knew, I knew friends who had archery sets <laughs> and things like that, and the state fair was not too far from the crib, so all that stuff. Was not tantalizing for me as far as in the camp situation. I'm well, just concerned have... about the unsanctioned use of yeah, help... bows and arrows yeah, in the help... hood. Yeah, you have friends like that who just got weaponry. <laughs> yeah, like... no, the massive BB gun. <laughs> got ninja stars yeah. and all types of shit. The friend was like, hold this BB gun. You're like, I'm pretty sure that's a rifle. That's <laughs> yeah. not a BB gun. That's a full-on rifle that you... <laughs> Straight up. They got swords <laughs> yeah. and shit. Like, like where do you the, get this stuff? They're dancing on the line that stands between Firecracker and Warheads. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have friends like that all the time, man. The guy where you find out, oh, so-and-so shot up a liquor store, you go, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not. Yeah. He did. Seems, seems about right. <laughs> <laughs> Motherfucker on the porch with bow and arrow. <laughs> there, yeah. there are other... No training. Never. No. <laughs> you're holding it all wrong. Like, <laughs> Yeah, hold on. Let me get my rubber band. It's... 
need that snap back. Yeah. There are, there are other good things that you might have been missing, though, about camp. What about the chance to sing One Tin Soldier every night? <laughs> Girls in the next bunk, panty raids, that sort of, when you're a yeah. little kid. Yeah. yeah. I, the thing is, is I think one problem that I had was I went a little bit too early to want to go to the dance and talk right, to girls. Right, right, right. Like, because I think I went like nine and 10. If I had gone 12 and 13 or 11 and 12, mm-hmm. um, I'm like, my interest in girls would have outstripped my fear of girls yeah. or my fear of going to dances. Yes. I've, I have always felt that the best way to get kids into college is wait until they're like officially preteens, whatever, and then just let them go to a camp on a college campus because that's what happened to me. And then you you just tell them, you like this? Yeah, this was fucking incredible. You bust your ass for the next three years, you can go here. Like, and we'll, you know, it, it has to be affordable and obtainable because, like, by the time all that girl guy stuff kicks in, you're just like, I get to be unsupervised and we're all trapped in this little, you know, area. And it's like everybody's around the same age and into the same shit. Like, that was, that one week was enough for me to lock it in. I was like, like I'm the this. appeal of the appeal of college, you're saying, is roughly equivalent to the appeal of the, like, uh, chemical convention for a middle-aged businessman. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, well, honey, I don't want to go to Des Moines. I mean, yeah. Jesus Christ, it's my job, Meredith. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go work. Meredith, do you want to come with me to stay in the Days Inn for three days? I didn't think so. All right, I'll call you when I land. And then, you know, he's drunk from the time he gets to the airport to the time he gets home. I spent a lot of time on this goddamn PowerPoint, (laughs) Meredith. You want me just to sit on my Lenovo? (laughs) No, people are going to see it. Your mother's going to be at the house to help take care of the kids. That's what it is, though. You're Camp. always asking why your mother doesn't come <laughs> over more. That's what it is. Camp is like conference meetings for, you know, little kids, yeah. you, know. you know. Get the lay of the land, figure mm-hmm. out where you stand. Oh, I shit, I'm not say, as cute as I thought I was. I would say one reason that would apply less to me and more to you guys to be concerned about camp is just the whole idea of color wars. <laughs> it's just something that you, that if I were 10... I'd have it would be a red flag. But again, who's more prepared for color wars than the guy point. who's used to have bow and arrows in the hood? Like he's fully already equipped. Yeah, man, that's the thing. You get a kid <laughs> out the hood and put him in that situation with paint guns and all this. And they're like, oh, what? Now, Jasper, y'all do this for fun. I do this shit for survival. Jasper, we appreciate your enthusiasm. We really do. But um, that knife. <laughs> and the nunchucks are a little bit of a concern. <laughs> butterfly knife, right, the butterfly knife. I, um, right. We are a little concerned with that, and we want to go ahead and get you to turn that over to us. <laughs> Fuck me and whoever gave birth to me. Well, that's that's one possible response, Jasper, but let's maybe use some different words. Yes, you can have an extra dollar at the canteen. <laughs> okay. You want two red vines. You want two sloppy joes? Well, we're only really budget. Okay, yeah, okay. you can have two. You can it's have two. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. <laughs> it's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick Repeat Adams. I'm Jasper Red. Sponsored this week by our friends at Simple. Banking without bullshit, no fees, free ATMs, an account that's supported by real people who actually care about you and your money. You can actually call Simple and someone answers the phone. Like you don't even have to press any numbers. You can just dial the phone number for Simple and someone says, hello, I am a person that works for Simple that lives in America (laughs) and has the power to do things. 
One, there's a little xenophobia in the Lives in America part. Just a smidge. That's fair. Um, is simple That's a fair. bank or is it a dude? It's a bank. <laughs> is it just a dude, though? It could just be a dude. <laughs> It's possible it's just a dude, but it's an FDI-insured dude. Okay. FDIC. Who gives a shit? Who gives a shit? Insured dude. You can spend without stress. They give you tools to uh, figure out how how much money you actually have to spend. You can actually, uh, with their budgeting tools, they'll give you a balance for amount of money that you have in the bank, but then another balance that's amount of money that you have in the bank minus the amount of money that you're going to have to spend on your bills and stuff. Which is like, you know, your your play money or what, what have That's you. And you can save automatically and a whole bunch of other cool money management tools. Um, there is a long wait list to use Simple. However, because Brad is busy, if you go to simple.com slash JJGo and you type in your info, they will skip you to the front of the wait list and get you an account right away. So simple.com slash JJGo. Also... The Atlantic Ocean Comedy and Music Festival coming up. Tickets on sale right now. Jasper, you were there last year. Man, it was off the hook, y'all. Y'all got to get on that boat. Right? Was it, you, did, you, what, did you have trepidation about uh, going on a weird comedy cruise on the way in? No, actually, I always look forward to these type of adventures. Going to the Bahamas, you know, uh, it had a nice lineup. So I was actually enthused about the whole uh, thing, man. How did you how did you feel about the how did you feel about the whole experience? What was the most surprising and interesting part to you? Uh just how oh well the shows went, you know. You 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 it's on a boat, you know what I'm saying? So you ain't used to just seeing like I don't know, just like a real dope show on a boat. But right. uh <laughs> <laughs> I know exactly what you're talking you know what I'm about. Saying? But man, y'all made it work, man. And uh yeah, I had big fun, so I highly recommend it for those who uh, may be uh uh not uh able to come to a decision, but hey, J Red uh, approves. Jasper Red approves. Mm-hmm. We need like a stamp. Yeah. We we have we have such an awesome line. Listen, guys, you guys know comedy. Sure. Listen to this comedy lineup. A lot of these folks have been on Jordan Jesse Go before. But even if even if they haven't, we got Greg Barrett, Morgan Murphy, W. Kamau Bell, Natasha Legero, Chris Fairbanks, Kyle Kinane, Moshe Kasher, Karen Kilgariff, Guy Branham, Tony Kameen. That's I a murderer's have, row. I have seen seventy percent of those people perform live, and they're all super talented and funny and that, people. Yeah, that's crazy. And that's just on the comedy side of things, right? Even, right. We got a whole music, we right. got a Whole music lineup that we just we just announced. Uh, John Roderick, who's really wonderful, sings like an angel, a hilarious, uh, amazing guy as well. Uh, we got Gene Gray, the great Gene Gray. I know Gene you guys Gray, are yeah, spitting. Um, we got Lake. The wonderful indie pop band Lake from Olympia, Washington. They uh, do the outro music on uh, Adventure Time. They sing beautiful, beautiful songs. Thought Lake Bell was going to be there. Got a little bit of a boner. Yeah, well. But I'm sure these guys are great. I'm sure these guys are great. And uh, most excitingly, perhaps, Auntie Ballas. Man. Red put me on to those dudes, man. That's serious, right? Auntie Ballas, they're serious. uh, That band is uh, for real. Yeah. Yeah, they they were the band. If if folks don't know this, they were the band for among other things. They were the band for the Broadway, the award winning Broadway musical Fela. Ooh. Um, this is a fourteen piece Afrobeat band. Ooh. Um, and they're just they're on fire. Like yeah. it's just crazy, bananas. wild bananas yeah. show. Yeah, I'm mad. I ain't gonna be there. And they are That's... cool. They are super cool ass dudes too. Um, I am so excited about that. And hey, guess what? We just added Matt Bronger too. Forgot to mention that. Another really funny dude, man. The ding-donger, Matt Bronger. 
Um, anyway, there's also like lots of activities and stuff. And this lineup is only this year. Like you're not if you're thinking like, oh, maybe I'll go next year. Don't mm-hmm. you're you're making a big mistake. And those fucking guys at like uh, yacht comedy, we see you out there. It's not as good. You ripped off their idea. And no one wants to go from Bangor, Maine to Washington, D.C. That's a shitty cruise. That is a real shit cruise. Knock it off. Somebody already biting? <laughs> Biters. Haters going to hate. You know what I mean? You know, I just brush them off. Uh, I just br- Gentlemen, I just brush them off. You know you, what I mean? You, you, yeah. What are you going to do? Go on the fucking Weezer cruise? <laughs> really? What are you, going on the mm-hmm. 20 tons of metal cruise? Yeah, as soon as they finish playing Buddy Holly, you're going to want to jump off that boat. Yeah. Go to boatparty.biz uh, to get your tickets now. The time is running out. It's July 25th through 28th, and it is the most fun you could possibly have ever. I mean, I can't even begin to tell you. Uh, we'll talk to you in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick Repeat Adams. And I'm Jasper T. Redbone. Hey, folks, if you're out there and you haven't checked out Jasper's podcast, uh, The Goose Down, you know, I don't even have time for you. You know what I mean? Like, Get get your act together. Mm-hmm. Jasper and Kim, you're both gut-bustingly hilarious. Yeah, come on, pay us a visit. Yeah. Pay us a visit. They're going to be your new in-your-ears friends. Yeah, man. Come. I, I think it's going to go so well that you're going to describe it as momentous. It's going to be a momentous occasion. You're going to call it into this program for our segment, Momentous Occasions, in which when something momentous happens to you, the listener, we ask that you call us at 206-984-4-FUN. For our segment, momentous feels like there occasions. should be like an organ sting here. <laughs> momentous occasion. Nothing made me laugh more than the like Conan O'Brien, David Letterman, like stupid. We have to have a theme song for this thing, and so we'll just go. <laughs> this is the theme song. Like that. That should be right, right here. In so. in my like deep inside my heart is like the in the is the central chamber, and then inside that central chamber, there's a special box, and in that special box, there's a locket, and if you open that locket, it goes. Letters, we get letters. letters. We get sacks and sacks of letters. Letters. The, I have the same thing in my body, but inside there is just a little bit of weed. <laughs> Let's take our pretty first good. Call. It's not even. It's like you know, yeah, the sixty dollar an ounce shit. Like not like they're crazy. Hey JJ Co, this is Nick from Houston, calling in with a momentous occasion. I was just driving home from work. And I get off the freeway, and immediately sitting in the middle of the road is a semi with a gigantic potato on the back. This potato took up pretty much the entire bed of the semi, (laughs) and it was very perplexing. Uh, I still don't know what to think about it. So, uh, yeah, giant (laughs) potatoes. Hopefully that means a fry surplus. <laughs> Can you imagine? Okay, number one, I like that this giant potato in his mind is going to disrupt the potato economy. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's going to be a crash in, in French fry prices. I don't think he has a firm grasp on how the potato French fry economy in America works. Right. I don't think you, it's possible to have a, a French fry surplus with Americans around. <laughs> you're, there's no fucking way you're going to make too many fries for you're Americans. S- you're saying that's <laughs> that's an inelastic market? Yes, exactly. That demand will be met no matter how many you produce. Like, <laughs> that's true. 
Is that? But this was this wasn't like a prop to make a prop potato for a movie. Sounds or like was, this sounds to me like a real tater, like a four H blue bonnet. It like, probably this was is the a blue ribbon winner. Four H. Were you guys? You guys were both in four H, right? What were you guys there? in Future Homemakers of America? Four no. H was like the the thing where the the people would like grow a pig or like have the biggest cauliflower and. Enter into a competition and win a prize. They didn't have that in Tennessee. I would. They definitely yeah. had it. They it definitely sound like had it. it should have. They absolutely had it. They just <laughs> didn't have it around where I was. Um, gonna it's go like, out on a limb and it, say there weren't too many colored folk. It's like the band Rascal Flats. You know how everyone you knew loved the band Rascal Flats. <laughs> what the hell is Rascal Flats? <laughs> I'm just listing white people <laughs> things. That's the area in uh, Grand Theft Auto Five. It's like the neighborhood. <laughs> Rascal Flats. All right. Side now. mission. Downloadable content. Where's Jordan? <laughs> he would love this. This would kill with Jordan. DLC DLC humor. jokes. Yeah. Um, I bought some DLC once. It was a new world for Skyrim. Yeah, yeah. I tried Skyrim. I tried hard. Really? And it didn't. It didn't, didn't take. Because I like I like Fallout a lot. Uh huh. But Skyrim, I just couldn't. Too many herbs. You had to gather too many herbs. My fucking my armor. I just couldn't. Like just couldn't got get killed. Your, couldn't get your armor game. You know, you you start these games and you like got a loincloth. You're like, all right, I gotta level up and shit. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I don't know. Oh, I I was Sorry. all over that shit. It was a it's my a, shit was mad powerful right away. <laughs> I'm doing Far Cry right now. You so know why? Strategery. Strategery. Yeah, I took care of business in that department. Made this some, is... gathered some herbs. Made some. What are they called? Ointments. <laughs> You got it. First of all, with all these games, you, you got to give me something right off the bat. Like, I know I'm not going to be all powerful right off the bat, but give me a good weapon. Don't give me a fucking rusty switchblade. With the Skyrim, you start out with, like, literally just, like, a knife, and you're just getting the shit kicked out of you. And it's like, I know that three hours in, I'll be okay, but it's just, like, I couldn't do it. Sorry, Nick. <laughs> I guess Skyrim and the world's biggest potato aren't good enough for you. That's my takedown of a three-year-old, insanely successful, well-reviewed video game. Let's hear our next call. Hi, JJ Gill and guest. I have a moment of shame that happened about two minutes ago. It is 4.34 in the morning here, and I just had to drop my friend off for work at McDonald's. And nothing's open right now, and I desperately had to go to the bathroom. So I went to the gas station thinking it was open all night. Turns out it wasn't. Um, went behind to go defecate. And as soon as I got there and started, uh, the person that was opening the gas station came out to have a cigarette. And no words were exchanged. <laughs> but I, I don't know how either of us are going to process that. Bye. Oh, you're going to live with that the rest of your life, buddy. <laughs> I know that from the time that, as described on Jordan Jesse Go, I had to poop behind a 7-Eleven. Unexpectedly. Oh, my God. I love that. It's just going to live with you. No, no words were exchanged, but you know there w- was there one of these. Just like a, a silent nod. nod. Like the, you had to do it. Mm. Uh, I can't. I would have shadowed myself. Really? Yeah. I don't man. have that in me to just shit outside. Like, like that? Like, I don't. I probably would have tried to hold it, tried to hold it, and ended up shitting yeah, on myself. Yeah, man. 
Yeah, ain't Jasper's gonna be... eyebrows are arched here. Nah, man, I ain't shitting in public like some animal. <laughs> That's, you know, it's nah. like a couple of lines we can't cross as a society. Yeah. Like you keep searching, you won't just give up. <laughs> you keep searching, yeah. you just gave up. Right, I'm gonna just shit out in front of everybody. Nah, you keep searching, man. Yeah, push. At you a certain d- point, your body falls apart. Your but it's like running a marathon. You. It's like running a marathon. You, when you train to run a marathon, you don't run 26 miles. You run like 10, 12, 15. Right. So but on the been... day of, you know your body will rise to the challenge when exactly. the endorphins kick in. Like Your sphincter is stronger than you realize, dude. Just keep driving. Did you yeah. know that people in marathons will like will just drop trow and pee on the side of the road? Like competitive marathon people? Yeah, yeah. Pee, but pee is different. Yeah. You can pee anywhere. Like, right, uh, pretty much. Yeah. As long as you're outdoors, I don't have any problem with anybody urinating. Yeah, know. man. That's fine. But the other thing is like a whole... My daughter, she's not she's not potty trained yet, but she's old enough now that if she has to poop, she's like, I need some privacy. Because she knows, man. It's one of the basic human... You know, she gets it. She already gets that. She doesn't even understand the concept of time yet, but she knows you don't just poop right out in front of people. We might have talked about this on Jordan Jesse Go once, but one time when Prank the Dean was on tour, uh, we were sleeping in a converted three-car garage or four-car garage, like a prefab four-car garage that had been converted into a community theater, like an underground illegal community theater. Where in Oregon was this, Jesse? This was in Seattle. Oh, okay. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> And uh, there was some partying going on after some shows, you know. Yeah. You know, a bunch of 24-year-old, 25-year-olds in a sketch comedy group together. They do some partying after the show. Mm-hmm. And uh, Jordan woke up. There was no lights in this theater. He couldn't find the light switch. He couldn't find the door. So he just peed in there. <laughs> you got to go outside, though, right? But he couldn't find the lights or the door. See, that, I mean... You can't just give up like that and decide, <laughs> all right, I have no other choice. No, you have a choice. Just You just got to persevere, yeah. man. You got to find the third way. There were other people in there with him. He's just lucky he didn't pee on them. That's what I'm saying. See, that's a fight waiting to happen, yeah. man. I, I would go so far as to also posit that that might be a fundamental difference between the races. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> Listen, you're saying that this is a racially essential character. I have known a lot of people in my life who, you know, have I got so drunk stories and I've heard that I, you know, I had a, a girl that I dated in college who almost peed in the room. I knew a friend who had another girl pee in the room. On this very show, we had uh we had Rob Cordry tell a story of peeing in his wife's boot. Mm-hmm. Uh and we had Scott Simpson in, on that same program tell a story of being in the—that's a deal breaker in the community, man. In, in the, the black hall, community, in the hallway of a hotel <laughs> under a painting, <laughs> because he says he thinks that he was so drunk that he thought the painting was a urinal. <laughs> I don't know if it's that black people and white people get drunk in different ways, or like I don't—I don't think I've ever heard a story of someone of color peeing in a wholly, wildly inappropriate way or place, other than the occasional. Oh, I was. I peed in the alley behind a club. You know, that's whatever. But other than that, like, people would pee in the sink when I was in college. Like, what are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> that's, that's, what are we doing? I don't understand. This is a sink. 
<laughs> it's all pipes. It all go. Fuck you. Yeah, they try to like, do that George Costanza <laughs> shit. Yeah. It's all pipes. Nah, it's all motherfucker. Pipes. It ain't no. all pipes. We have to know. It's a base. First of all, it has to get past the wash basin where my hands have to go right, sure. before it gets exactly. to the pipes. Exactly. Sure. And if you're doing it in the shower, like Costanza, you. You're not, no one has ever peed directly into anything, yeah, ever. It, Nick, it, I think that you may have hit upon a vein of gold in the previously thought to be fully strip mined, <laughs> white people do shit this way, black people do shit that way. So you're basically saying that I'm good to go for season three of Def Comedy Jam. Like, I, if I go back, if like Russell. after they got through the Martin Lawrence and the Bernie Macs and they burned through all the super talented dudes... Like season three, you're like, okay. Yeah, you're like, why do white people be peeing wherever they want? <laughs> ah! All in the sink. Ah! All oh. in the microwave. <laughs> you're into that world. Mic drop. <laughs> Mic drop. You're into that world of the abstract differences, observational humor. Like uh, Todd, Todd Glass in his last special has my fa- maybe my favorite observational humor some people do this some people do that Mm -hmm. where he says rich people and poor people do things differently like for example poor people are always backing into parking spaces (laughs) (laughs) i don't know if that's true i honestly don't care if it's true it's so specific that it's perfect and you just just accept it you're like oh yeah sounds okay yeah sure todd (laughs) whatever you said it with conviction. Okay. The let's... new album, White People Be Peeing. <laughs> let's take another call. Hello, Jordan, Jesse, um, best guest ever, uh, Sunny D. Um, so I'm glad I put this number in my phone because I just got a call from my wife. She's officially cancer free. Okay. Thanks. And um, yeah. Well, yep. well played. Yeah. See? Well played. I like... can't, can't snark that. Nope. These these motherfuckers that we Stuff. are listening to right now had the number 206-984-4FUN in their telephone yep. so that when shit went down, they were ready to call us. Mm-hmm. Whether it was they saw an enormous potato, <laughs> M- maybe it was that they had to poop behind a gas station and they got caught by the gas station. Or Jasper would say chose to poop behind a gas station. There right. you go. Maybe Ain't no force. <laughs> maybe they just got wonderful news about their wife's be- their wife beating cancer. The the un- she just got she just defeated the uncurable disease. Yep. No snark. Although if you were going to snark it, you could go <laughs> right? yeah. the sort of uh skin cancer, ooh, that's not as scary. Was it skin mm. cancer? <laughs> no. No, you this, think it probably was skin cancer. No, nah, it was probably something right. bad, man. That's, she was on no. some John McCain. <laughs> right. Unless I know what kind of cancer it was, I can't give you total right. props. If my they like man. had to take a chunk <laughs> off of her shoulder, you know, like a little like biopsy, right. basically. Right. Then, but like, if it's not that, anything other than that, then I'm happy for those guys and God bless. They just removed a, just a little tiny bit of skin. They just. <laughs> They just replaced it yeah. with some Sculpey. Do, do I get a deal? Do I get a local? If, I mean, if you want, it, no one ever really. Yeah, yeah no sure, one's sure. ever. Yeah, we just usually just laser it and then we're done. Yeah, I'm actually just a tattoo removal person. <laughs> Not. I don't even have to go to medical school. Yeah, the doctor comes in like Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Mostly, I do permanent <laughs> eyebrows. Some uh, threading. Yeah, we do a little bit of threading on this side. <laughs> Let's take our last call. 
Hi, Jordan, Jesse, and guests. I just consummated my marriage with my lovely husband. And in between thrusts, my grandmother started knocking at the door. <laughs> of course, we finished before we answered the door. And she was halfway down the hall. We're in a hotel, just waiting for us to come. It was pretty awkward and pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, but you know what? It, um, thanks. It was all <laughs> worth it when she went out there and showed her grandmother that sheet with the red stain on it. See, that's just what. It, first of all, yeah, Granny, yeah, Mima, Mima, Mama Nanny, <laughs> Big Mama, you got married, sure. You know what the deal is. Like, everybody knows what the deal is. Like, after the reception, when you throw, when we drive away, you know what the, why are you knocking on their granddaughter's door on her wedding night? I consummated my marriage before my reception and after my reception. You guys snuck out and had a thing and then came back? We, we took care of business on the way. Where? Like, driving? Yeah. We were in, we weren't, I wasn't behind the wheel. You in like a, a limo? Yeah. In your, what were you wearing? Suit. Reception clothes? Yeah. So then you were all sexed up for the reception? Yeah. That's some scandalous shit, Thorne. I know, I'm a vibrant, I have a scandalous lifestyle. A scandalous but monogamous lifestyle. Didn't part of you want to go back in time and be like, would a faggot do that, Mexican <laughs> guys? <laughs> <laughs> How about that? I think, you know, when the when the thought occurred... I was like, oh, yeah. yeah, it seemed like a natch. Sure. We're you know what I mean? Fucking yeah. grown people. We got the, we, we got the, we got the time. Yeah. We have the opp- opportunity. This will be great. We should go ahead. Listen, I'm, 40, I'm 41 years old, and the vast majority of the fun that I have as an adult is still somehow fueled by the, yeah, I can fucking just drink another beer right now. Because <laughs> I'm a grown person. Like, fuck that. <laughs> what time is it? Yeah, give me a, some champagne with my breakfast. Why the fuck not? Yeah, that's that's most of my life is just like because I can do semi fun shit. Yeah, I I feel the same to way. a to a twelve year old only because I don't drink or or use drugs or or anything like that. It, it's I guess it's mostly just that sometimes I'm sitting at my desk in my office mm-hmm. and uh, I don't want to be working, so I pull up MLB TV. I just watch the <laughs> Giants game for a while. I'm just gonna watch the Giants and eat some cacao nibs. Yeah. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> I can't have cacao Who, Who's going to stop me? Can't have any nibs. No nibs? It's a migraine trigger to have nibs. Uh, yeah. Peanut butter chips. I need some peanut butter chips. Peanut butter, but not like uh, what nut butter. What is the other one? That kids almond, almond butter, yeah. Almond, no, fuck almond butter. My daughter eats almond butter and loves that shit. Is she allergic to peanuts? No, it's just better for you. It is? Yeah. Why? It's not as fattening. Peanut butter's not great. Yeah, it is. Peanut butter's totally I mean, great. Yeah, it's good. What are you talking about? You're insane. It's not great for you. Tell that to George Washington Carver. Listen, I know. That's I, the greatest black person of all time. He's pretty much number I'm one with a bullet. sure. He's pretty much number one. I mean, listen, Dr. King was great, but peanut butter? <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, and various other peanut products. Civil rights, if I'm freedom, rem- and peanut butter. Look, all I'm saying is if I remember... My U.S. history textbooks from elementary school correctly, the greatest black person of all time is George Washington. If you polled every black person in America with this question, 
I'm not saying what their response would be because I don't know. But the first, the before they made their decision, the first thing they would say was would be, so there, so peanut butter does not exist. <laughs> You're saying we can either have this or like this, and if this, if I choose this one. There's no peanut butter for you're, any for white people either. White people don't get it. It's not like black people don't get peanut butter. Descri- so what you're describing is a situation where it's a poll of African Americans yes. across our great nation mm-hmm. where they have to choose which would they prefer <laughs> to give up, peanut butter or their freedom. Equal rights. I mean, we were free, yeah, but right. like equal rights in big ass air quotes, obviously. Right. It would be there would be a lot of wheels turning. Jasper, you've been thinking about this for a while. Oh man, fuck peanut butter. I eat a. See what would you eat though? See, you were all. I eat a mayonnaise and jelly sandwich. Fuck peanut butter. I use mayonnaise. If you have a if you have a momentous occasion for us, call us at two zero six nine eight four four fun two zero six nine eight four four f u n. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Rhea Butcher. I am Ricky Carmona. And we are the cast members, what, I don't know, podcastiness of Wham Bam Pow. That's an action sci-fi movie podcast you can find on MaximumFun.org or on iTunes. And what do we do? News reviews and things you can use. Tons of things you can use. We break it down so it can forever be broken. Hilarious jokes. Plus, sometimes there's a dog in the studio. Sometimes there's a dog here. We'll see you in your earbuds. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Nick Repeat Adams. I'm Jay Rayett. Well, gentlemen, it's been a joy to have you on the program. It's I've had so much fun. Uh, thank you very much to both of you. As as per usual, Nick. Thank you. You've it's... you've done an able job filling in for the great Jordan Morris. <laughs> able. I'll take it. Yeah. You're you're a very you're a very capable co-host. Thank you. I'm very grateful for your efforts in that department. I love spending time in the box, man. And Jasper, it's always great to get to spend time with you. Hey, what's up, man? You know what it is. You know I'm glad to be here. When any time, any day, I be here. You know what? Don't be a turkey, America. Listen to the goose down. Yeah, man, come check this out. I've been getting a lot of I've been getting a lot of emails from people who are like, "Hey, I I give the goose down a try. That's a, that show's amazing." Yeah, no shit. Yeah, no shit. Yeah, that's why we that's why we got together to make it. Yeah, man. Thank you all to all the uh, donators during the pledge drive who gave to the Goose Down podcast. Very appreciate go. you. It's this is a wonderful program. It's called the Goose Down because it is as warm and comforting as a good Goose Down comforter. I was I was gonna go for like a foie gras. No, never mind. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> um, our thanks to simple rebuilding banking from the ground up the way it should be, putting people before policies and helping you find clarity in your finances. Skip the wait list, simple.com slash JJGo. And please get your tickets now to BoatParty.biz. It is the greatest thing. I'm glad that Brian Fernandez is – Brian is literally applauding BoatParty.biz. He's so excited about it. 
Fernandez throws me every time. Still I, throws me every time, Brian. Portuguese. <laughs> Portuguese. I am excited. Uh, I am excited. When we went on uh, the cruise last year, the the comic on the cruise had been on a bunch of these before, and he was a Jordan Jesse Go fan. And he emailed me and said, hey, I happen to be a Jordan Jesse Go fan. I happen to be the comic on this route. And I've been doing it for a couple of years, so I know everything about you know, the ship and Nassau and if you have any questions and maybe I could even like do a thing where I tell people where to go in Nassau and stuff. He told us where to go. We went down to a special place where you get the special conch and you get the special barbecues mm-hmm. and jerk and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And me and my friend Ben Harrison, we were fucking grubbing like animals, <laughs> eating like crazy. It was great. Did you drink any Kalik? I didn't drink anything. I didn't drink any adult beverages. Did people drink Kalik? That's what they drink down there. I drank that when I went to a wedding. That's all I know about the Bahamas. Okay, well, that's something. Yeah. I, I bought a special Bahamas rum that I brought back for my wife that she loved. Rum? A single single cask rum. Special Baha- Bahamanian. Bahamanian, yeah. Bahamanian mm. rum. That's a good word to say, Bahamanian. Yeah, I, I met the Bahamen. <laughs> <laughs> They're just at the... They're just at the port, just like sadly playing Who Let the Dogs Out. <laughs> yeah. And a one, and a two, and a one, two, three, four. <laughs> yeah, I actually bought a beer called, uh, it was called Bush Crack. <laughs> it was good, too. That's worth going right there to yeah. drink some Bush Crack. It was called Bush Crack, and it was, it was strong. This is the kind of stuff that you're missing if you don't go to the Atlantic Ocean comedy. <laughs> Besides just like, look, is is part of the appeal that at any moment, like, like, as happened last year, John Darnell is going to hang some balls and jump in the pool. Yeah, sure. <laughs> that might happen. You never know. You know, you might get to see the balls of the legendary lead singer of the Mountain Goats, or in this case, uh, you know, Martin Perna, the legendary leader of Antibalas. But uh, part, another part of the appeal is you might get some bush crack. Yeah, man. Just got to ask the locals. They'll point you in the right direction. Mm-hmm. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) Brian Fernandez is our producer. Our theme music is Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Um, Jasper is on Twitter, at Jasper Red with two Ds. Mm -hmm. And Nick is at Nick Adams Web. He tried to get NickAdams.com long ago. There's a really, really talented uh, theater actor named Nick Adams who just snapped up all of the cyberspace before I could get to it. I remember when your book came out that if you if you googled Nick Adams, he was like he looked like a gorgeous 25-year-old Broadway star with like 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 half of his pictures he was shirtless. Yeah, I think he was in like I want to say he was in like Hedwig or something like that where he was like pretty nude, but we did a thing in a room once where we just Google imaged everybody and just made fun of what the results were and you do it for me and it's yeah, it's like a waxed super fit gay 25 year old. Yeah. So have at it. Yeah. Worse things. Worse things. (laughs) Much, much worse things. (laughs) We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.